Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast, shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the world of pets. I've got three, as you all know, three dogs. Uh, all different ages, and it's very relevant for our conversation today. Uh, we're talking Frankie and Paisley. That's the company, and my guest is Brian Holowati. He's on today. I cannot even wait for you to meet Brian and talk about his products. Brian, so great to have you with us on the podcast. Great to be here, Justin. Man, it's great looking to have you. To yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I was looking forward to meeting you. I love the the whole pet category is exploding right now, so I'm sure we're going to hear more about in a minute. Um your products are really cool and unique and interesting. I can't wait to dive into it and, and figure out like how you got into this space. But before we get going, how about you share with us a little bit about your background and before launching Frankie and Paisley? Sure, sure. Well, I'll, I'll sum up um, who I am in, in one sentence. I'm a left-handed engineer with a passion for marketing and branding. I love it. If that makes sense. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so actually, yeah, my background uh, is actually industrial engineering. Oh, me too. Um, I'm an I. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. I went to University of Michigan. Oh, very good. Go um, Blue. What about, what, yeah, <laughs> yes. It's been a big uh, big year for football, minus the minus the bowl game. but That's uh, <laughs> okay. They're overperformed, I think, for the year. Yes. You know, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, and I spent uh, the bulk of my career really being involved in supply chain in one way or another. I owned a, a sourcing company uh, doing global supply chain uh, for a number of years, and I've always been passionate about launching products, whether it was for clients in the past or for myself. And uh, for the past four years, um, I've been running a company called Los Angeles Brands. Okay. And we launch um, personal care brands. So we Very launch good. at national retailers. We launch on Amazon and through e-commerce as well. And over the past four years, we now have six brands, um, actually soon to be seven wow. and about 70, 72 different SKUs. Wow. Uh, so we've Dude, been, that's amazing. <laughs> we've been super aggressive with launching new products and we basically everything we do uh, falls into four buckets. Uh, every brand we create is basically uh, one is their craft brands. Okay. So we really focus on unique, um, they call them indie brands or craft brands, but they're unique and different um, than, than national brands. And what we found is consumers now more than ever are willing to move away from national brands Got and it. they're willing to discover new brands. There's so many tools to discover new brands, whether it's, you know, um, online, you know, influencers, et cetera, talking about new brands, uh, doing research. Uh, there's just so many tools to, for discovery these days. Sure. And so we've, we've really doubled down on that craft approach. So everything in our portfolio is just that, uh, secondly, it's sustainable and transparent. Got it. Um, every, every product we produce has clear call outs, what's in the product and what's not in the product. Got it. And then, we approach sustainability. We try to use large fills wherever we can to minimize the amount of packaging. And then also our supply chain is hyper local. So our carbon footprint is minimized dramatically. Wow. Really cool. Um, and the third premise, uh, we create every brand with purpose. 
Um, it's not just about putting products out there, but it's really solving a need and addressing white space in the market. Um, and then the last thing, and I'm most proud of this, is everything is made in Los Angeles. Oh, our wow. entire, Hence our Los entire Angeles su- brands. <laughs> yeah, Got our it. entire supply chain is based within 30 miles of where I'm sitting. Got it. And that really affords us so many luxuries in today's crazy world. You know, there's ships sitting at the, you know, at the port, hundreds of ships out there. And, totally. And we're, we've fortunately avoided most of those issues. Wow. Pretty amazing. And we can scale up quickly. Very, so. very cool. So you know the space well. You know, before we get to this one particular brand, do you guys manufacture your own products or source that? What does that look like? We we use a contract manufacturer that we are very, very close with. Um, and and we work so we get involved uh, from product development at a, a deep, deep level uh, sure. with with chemists and with a whole team of uh, lab technicians to develop our products. And then it is we do use a contract manufacturer to, to make them. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really cool. Man, I, that's why I love, you know, I, we're talking about this podcast before I hit record. And I mean, like, this is why I love it. I get learn, learn about companies like yours and what you're doing. Um, so cool. So talk about Frankie mm-hmm. and Paisley. I'm guessing this is one brand uh, segment within the overall brand umbrella. Talk, give us a, a sense for where this yes. one came from and, and how you <laughs> got into this one. So one of um, one of my my VP of operations, who's, who's been a key part of building our company, um, since she started, I mean, the com- the topic of almost every conversation with her is about her dog and my dogs. And it's just, <laughs> nice. I mean, they're, they're family. Pets are family, right? Right. <laughs> and she, she has a Frenchie. And uh, I don't know if you know much about Frenchies, but they, they're prone to a lot of itchiness, allergies, <laughs> yes. special diets. I mean, they, oh, yeah. there's so many things. So she would always tell me these stories. Um, I also have a, a, a rescue, a Maltese rescue, who is probably the itchiest and stinkiest dog in the, in the world. <laughs> right. We also have a, a Maltese mix um, as well. So uh, both of uh, both of my dogs have the same problems that that hers do, and we've just we tried everything on the market, and we were looking at the market, and we're like, God, there's just there's room to really improve. And sure. when you look and not to bash any of our competitors out there, but if you look at the assortments in any re- retailer or online assortments, they all look the same. Right. And no they, you know, they're, it's like, they've all taken a page out of everyone else's playbook and, <laughs> right. you know, photos of dogs on the product, right. you know, kind of that boring, stale, old school style. And yeah. we're like, God, what if we took a page out of the beauty book, which is hyper competitive. Right. And it, it's all about shelf presence and it's making beautiful packaging, clear call outs, clean ingredients. And we said, what if we applied that and did some like rigorous development to make these just hands down better than what's out there? Totally. And, and that's what we did. That's what we did. We, <laughs> and we spent a lot of time. This isn't, this wasn't initially our, our core business. So we had the luxury of spending a, a lot of time. And to put, we call it love, you know, put love totally. into the products. Yeah. And, and that's just what we did. So I love it. Yeah. I, I mentioned mm-hmm. I had three dogs, one of which is like always itchy. She's like a Habanese mix, you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. she's the one that time. needs all the all the extra special stuff. The two labs are like, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, so you decide you're going to launch this brand uh, and, and do things a little bit differently. Where did you start? Like, what was the... Did you already have some of the pet product mix concepts? Or how did you start to investigate that? And what did product development look like? 
we had concepts, you know, for being from being consumers. You know, we we tried a lot, we bought a lot of products, we we really tested a lot of products. So we had kind of some ideas. We wanted to keep the assortment super small. So we went out and we launched with four products um, to start. We now have five, right. and and there's a pipeline of other products that we have in the mix. But but we wanted to keep really tight and just come out and be unique and different. And just better than what was out there. So yeah, we launched launched with four, and those products are we had a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, we had a canine shampoo with hemp seed oil, uh, we had a pure relief, uh, it's a itch relief spray, hot spot spray. Sure. Um, yeah, and then we also had a waterless. So in the beauty industry, there's this thing called dry shampoo. Okay, you know which which you know uh, people are it's very very popular product, but the idea is that it's in between washing and in between grooming, you can use this product in a couple pumps on your hand, you lather it up and just rub it on your dog and they air dry. And so you don't have to give a full bath, but you can still clean them and freshen them. Wow. Up. Okay. Got it. So really, it was really those cool. four products. And really, really cool. I love the packaging, definitely clean and unique and different. Um, did, did you already, so how did you figure out like making the actual product that would go in it? You know, and then the actual PET to make it. Did you have to do that in Los Angeles? What did that look like? Yeah, we did. Um, we did a, a lot of development with. We had a, a group of dog loving chemists, dog, and all of them own dogs as well. And we just went back and forth, and we we tried different concepts uh, for for those those products that I mentioned. Got we it. Knew we kind of wanted to do those, and then we just. It was a lot of iterations of a lot of baths. Place. <laughs> a lot of baths. <laughs> yeah. And, and did you already have a route to market or was it going to always be direct to consumer? What did that look like when you're thinking about kind of in-state? Yeah. So so our core business, um, we wanted to do it different than our, than our core business. We wanted to look at um, our core business. We sell to a variety of retailers, um, anyone from like a Nordstrom Rack, TJ Maxx, sure. retailers like that. For this brand, we wanted to choose a totally different distribution. More model. premium, we, right? We wanted to focus on premium. We wanted to focus on never discounting it. So it's called minimum, you know, MAP MAP, sure. minimum advertised pricing. Very so we, we wanted to really, <laughs> yeah. yes, I'm sure you are. Right. I'm sure you are. So we wanted to really hold the line there, and in doing so, also support local independent retailers and regional chains. Got it. And so that's that's been our model. Um, we and and we're we're really supporting those local and regional Got uh, retailers, and we support them in a few ways. One with um, holding the pricing, which is so important. Every every one of those stores I talked to, they said. They they asked me, "Are you going to sell on Amazon? Are you going to sell right. on Chewy? Are you going to undercut?" I get us? it. Yeah, that's a good and, question. And so that's that. Those are key partners to us, and we we will never do that. We're going to support them, and they'll get the same advantage as anyone else will selling the product. I love. Um, that. We also supply in stores. We supply tester units, and we supply displays for certain products, and that kind of gives them the ability. Once people try our products, they buy them. And we have, you know, quite a few stores who've said, you know, the tester, you know, one, one store in Louisiana, they had a, a 95 year old lady in there 
she was going around trying our product on every new dog that walked in. <laughs> and <laughs> and they blew through, they sold through all of our products in that one, that one afternoon. Amazing. So wow. it was funny, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's our model. We've, we've since been sought out by Chewy. Okay. Um, and so we launched on Chewy last week. Very good. Um, and, and we're excited about that partnership as well. And again, on that, you know, we're not, it's going to be the same price as Amazon, same price as our yep. website and any retailer. Totally get that. Yeah. For those that maybe haven't sold online um, or you haven't made a product to sell in a retail store, um, one of the biggest challenges that you see is selling into a retail store at one price and they price it that way on the shelf. But then you go over onto Amazon and you're selling your product at a lower price. And what happens is people go in the store and they see the product and they find it on Amazon for less and then they don't want to buy the store. So hence map pricing. And it's a tension you have to manage, right? Because and in the, the issue too is the retailers can set their price where they want versus the, what you do on Amazon. It's really kind of an interesting deal, right? It is interesting. And it's, you know, it's as an entrepreneur, it's tempting. I have, right. I have a retailer and I can't, <laughs> totally. name, I can't name names. Please don't. <laughs> um, but they, a retailer right now who wants to place uh, orders with our product, and it could be upwards of over a million dollars annually. Wow. Amazing. And, but they want to discount the product uh, below map and I, I can't do it. And, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's it's tempting, but it's just you can't do it. Absolutely not. Totally, it's, it's a big challenge. You know, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Um, and that's interesting. So, and then how are you getting present? Are you letting retailers come to you, or will you be proactive about that? Or what does it look like as you look at the next year or so? We're being very proactive. Um, so we're a couple different methods. Um, obviously through social. Um, we're you know we're spending a lot of time driving awareness on on social. We have an affiliate program okay. as well that we're we're using, and and that's that's proving uh, quite successful. Awesome. Um, we're also we're also doing some things just on social. Um, we have this kind of partnership with rescues, where we're helping find homes for rescues. Very um, cool. And we basically post you know dogs that need to be rescued, and we bring awareness to those rescues, and and it's those partnerships are really. Um, interesting as well. And so people are just, you know, kind of learning about the brand through that. Wow. That's um, really, really and cool. then I would say on a, on the sales side, we are, we're in talks with two of the largest pet distributors in the country. So you'd wholesale and, through them. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And they really help with the, the small brick and mortar mom and pop stores as, as far as getting awareness and introducing the product at the local level. Got it. And then how do you think about like brand extensions? Like you've got pr pet products here in one category, but you could do other categories, right? Have you thought about that using the Frankie and Paisley brand? Yes, absolutely. And for us, other categories would mean uh, potentially treats, you know, okay. con consumable, consumable products that are healthy. Um, so it could be treats. It could also be supplements. You mentioned, okay. did you say you had two labs? I have two, two lab mixes and the Habanese mix. lab mixes. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we are considering some supplements. Um, I know, um, hip and joint, you know, formulas are, are quite needed and, and quite popular with, with those mixes as well. Totally. So we are considering that. And then it, there's a whole pipeline. We want to, we want to be really methodical on how we build it right now and, and, and make sure that we can always uh, maintain that sense of quality, that standard of quality. 
Got so it. we're not we're not rushing to add more, but we're going to do it when when it makes once sense. Once it's tested, and then yeah. who is your end consumer? How are you reaching them? Obviously, the, the your customer might be the retailer, you know, that's selling your product, or even online. But how are you figuring out who your end consumer is and getting the word out about your product? You know, the affiliate program really really helps because it's it's people introducing it to other dog owners. We're also extending that to vet techs and different vets sure. and groomers groomers around the country who you know those are like the trusted voices to really help no endorse endorse the products yeah yeah no and doubt. of course you know the program with rescues too we're putting the kits together for anytime someone adopts a new dog that they get a starter kit that's cool. I really love that. Well. Yeah, which is ideal. Yeah, because most people don't think about that. You know, when they're adopting a dog, I don't know. It's just maybe it's the swirl of the moment. Nope. You know, you're not thinking about what you might need to get started. Um, man, such a cool brand. <laughs> you know, I, you know what I mean. Though, like, you don't know what you're getting into, anyways. But then that is another thing. Um, <laughs> what I, you know, one thing I would love to ask. I always love to ask our guests is. Uh, when you think about your experience as an entrepreneur, whether it be this brand or others, um, you think about the lessons learned that you've seen, that you've you've applied. Um, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our podcast, and I always like to have our guests offer some pieces of advice to them. What would be your advice, your coaching, your insight, things that you know, maybe two or three things that you've learned that you think are really important to think about when launching a new brand? That's a great question. I there's so many to narrow it down is, is tough. <laughs> Right. Um, but I would say, don't be afraid. Um, don't be afraid to really get into the details um, when you're looking at operations. And Interesting. Some, some okay. People, Talk more about some that. Some people, some people, yeah. So some people might say, you know, get a 3PL and, you know, a third party logistics warehouse to ship all of your products, et cetera. Um, and, and they incur a lot of, let's say overhead before they truly know the volume before they work out all of the kinks. Yeah. And sometimes when That's I so talk true. about kinks, one example might be having leakage, you know, in, in bottles that you ship, if you're shipping liquids and, you know, things get damaged and doing ship tests and, you know, it's not, I, I think getting into those weeds, mapping out every single process in your business and seeing where things can go wrong and having contingency plans on addressing those. Um, and, and that leakage thing came up, you know, totally the, the first, the first round for us, we had some, um, you know, some issues in, in shipping some of our products. And luckily we caught it super early. We put heat seals on, on all the products. We also bag them. We take, we take extra steps, but if we were relying on a third party, um, and, and I'm not saying we won't, and you know, when, when the volume gets there, sometimes it might make sense to have a third party warehouse. Um, fortunately, right now we do everything ourselves. Uh, but that that gives us a lot of key learnings along the way. Sure. So so that's one. Um, I would also say I'm going to counter that <laughs> and say, <laughs> don't you know, you also have to um, don't work in, you know, in the business work on the business sure. as well. And really focus on big picture is developing those, those partnerships and, and really focusing on, on sales. You can't focus on operations all day without, without really having attention to, to the sales as Got well. It. So, um, get, get the right pieces built and then run. 
So true. Yeah, I've, I've lived the example you shared earlier of leakage. <laughs> uh, when oh, yeah. I had a manufactured a product a couple of years ago from, it had it brought overseas from overseas and was all excited to get it out and shipped out and everything. And I'm like, what is the that wet spot? And then realized, you know, you uh, know product right leakage. There. Yeah, redo, throw away all of those. I mean, it was crazy. Um, Nightmare. I had yeah. I had one last one though. Oh, Sorry, good. Please, no, bring time. it. I love it. We got time. <laughs> Yeah, one last one is, and again, this is popular right now, or it's a hot topic, but focus on supply chain. And, and <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. say it enough, but make sure you have uh, the supply chain in order with redundancies in place in case you get sudden spikes in demand. Sure. Uh, and in case uh, there's issues in the supply chain where there's outages or you know, supply shortages, make sure you have those redundancies in place. So every product we produce, we have every single component, I have redundancies in place that, you know, it may be a little more costly, but I have backup sources for every single thing we, we do. Got it. And that, that has saved us more time, you know, more times than I can count. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. In today's world. So, yeah. so what we do right now, you know, um, our bottles are made about a mile from where they're filled. Okay. And, and we're oh, hyper local, like, so nice. like I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. By design. Right. Um, and then they're stored a, a couple blocks from where they're filled. So it's, it's very, very hyper local. However, our pumps do come from overseas. So what I do is I have those on a major blanket order, a half million pumps in stock at all times in Los Angeles. Wow. So, so I can kind of, that way you, you know, shelter ourselves from, from sure. those, you know, issues, spikes in demand. Wow. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, and yeah, what it's a neat brand and also you can just see the potential, you know, for growth around it kind of, it would be interesting to watch. We'd love to have you back on down the road to, to share more. Um, share with, yeah, man, share with our audience where they can check out the product, buy the product, figure out where the products are sold, that kind of thing. Yeah. Thank you. So it's frankieandpaisley.com. And we're also on Amazon. Uh, we're also on Chewy. And on frankieandpaisley.com, you can see, you can buy wholesale um, from us on there as well. I love it. And, okay. So I'm sure people are going to wonder, like, who's Frankie and who's Paisley? Like, where'd this come from? Yeah. Yeah. So so Frankie is the uh, the Frenchie. That's owned by my VP of operations, oh, Jennifer. Yeah, and Paisley Paisley is our rescue. It's a ten year old now, ten year old rescue. Nice. She's a Maltese mix. I love it. So very and, relevant, uh, relevant and personal. It's not just random. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. That's very cool, man. They're famous now. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's got a good sound to it too. And the logo's great. Nice <laughs> job. Um, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Brian, this has been so great meeting you. And I, I with all the, all the brands you've got coming to market, you know, you're going to have to come back and, uh, and share those with us and we'll have you as a recurring guest, man. This has been great. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. 
This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.